This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, good morning to you. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, and I'm solo today. Uh, Jeremy uh, has had some stuff come up at his business here at the last minute, and uh, Wilts is out on some family duty. Jeremy, of course, is the owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Wilts is an IT expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology, which I can talk about today, and your very own personal IT department, which I cannot talk about very much, <laughs> not try to fix things anyway. It's all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it. Wilts can help you keep it safe, and both can do either well, so you're in good hands either way. I want to hear from you this morning. Uh, you got any uh, tech stories or uh, things that you want to talk about, things that you're looking forward to, that you want to get into in 2022? That's what I'd love to talk to you about today. You can ask questions. I don't know if I'll be able to fix them very well. <laughs> I could give you the uh, unplug it from the wall or... Uh, you know, give a good swift kick to it. Maybe, I don't know, something like that. But um, we would love to hear from you this morning. You can call Everyday Tech, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. One of the things that I'd love to talk to you about is productivity. Uh, there are tons of new uh, apps uh, that feature uh, ways for you to work on your productivity or to keep your, uh, your life and work in order and things like that. Uh, there are several of them. And uh, the one that I've kind of settled on here lately is Notion. Uh, there's a website, notion.so.so, N-O-T-I-O-N.so. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very practical in a lot of ways. It's what I use uh, to, uh, it's what I use to format our radio show each week and uh, a lot of other kind of keep notes and different things like that. Uh, And I really like it a lot. Uh, I guess Evernote is like the grandfather of these things, and I've tried that. You can ask the guys or any of the people that work here in radio. I have uh, fumbled and flipped through these things for years and years and years trying to find one that sticks. And Notion is pretty good, but there are some others that I do want to try. Uh, but if you use anything like that, I would love to hear from you today. Uh, if you use any kind of technology to uh, to keep your life sorted uh, and in order, or are you one of those people that just writes stuff down? My wife is a list maker, and uh, she's tried to streamline her listings, her list makings into uh, uh, her life in the form of technology, but uh, for her, there's nothing like writing down a list, I guess, and, I, and that makes sense. They say what you you you're, you you remember and uh, commit to memory better everything that you write down on a piece of paper, uh, more so than maybe typing it out or reading it or something like that. But but yeah, um, there's plenty of other stuff to get into today. Uh, looks like a Netflix price hike could be on the way. Uh, Apple and Google are using a familiar excuse to oppose some FCC antitrust investigation. 
Uh, and it's on your behalf, by the way. I just wanted you to know. And a new ransomware attack has shut down thousands of school websites. There's plenty more to get into. Uh, there's manslaughter charges uh, following a Tesla driver's autopilot red light turn. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, Google wants to make it easier for you to send uh, yourself files. That sounds excellent. Um, and uh, a big year for North Korean hackers. They stole nearly $400 million in crypto last year. Uh, there's plenty more to get into as well. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. Uh, we got Jeremy with us now. Jeremy, good morning. How's it going, man? Hey, good morning, Jay. It's going pretty good. I was sitting here uh, waiting for the Skype call to come through, <laughs> and when it hit about, like, I don't know, 10 or 6, 10 or 7, I was like, hmm, let me check my messages. And that's when I saw you said to call in, so I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, in. you know, we've had some uh, construction going on here at uh, the, the big MPB headquarters, and uh, we are in a temporary studio, and uh, temporary studios are temporary for a reason. And uh, there seem to be ghosts in these machines that in this here temporary studio that we cannot get hammered down. We fix it, and then somehow or another, a thing that should be locked down and not touched and not changed, and no one, have, no one would have a reason to change it or even know what it is or how to change it, always winds up changing somehow or another or being reverted back to or we get a Windows update that reboots a computer and resets some settings back to the original d default settings and it jacks up things like us being able to use Skype because it resets all the uh, uh, sound card settings and things like that. So that's been the last couple of days. We've been r running around uh, trying to figure out what to do with that. <laughs> so we'll be, it'll be so pleasing to get back uh, to our regular um, digs here at MPB. So how, how have things been going at the store the last week? Uh, things have been going pretty good. Uh, I've been doing a couple of upgrades. Uh, built a computer for uh, one of my uh, old clients. Um, I've been sustaining. I think I talked about this last week, actually. I've been sustaining the life of his rig for many years, many years. And um, I just went and picked it up yesterday to uh, – to finalize the uh, the the transition, uh, because we're using some of the uh, parts from his old machine, like his SSD and his video card. And um, when I opened up his machine, my suspicions were confirmed. He's got blown capacitors all around his CPU, so that's where the source of most of his frustration was coming from for the last, I don't know, probably six months or so. Because he said it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. He's like, I'd use it, and, you know, sometimes it'd be fine. And then the more I would try to do stuff on it, the more it'll freeze up. And I'm like, well, you know, I have a lot of memory in here, and you probably got some component damage. So, yeah, I opened it up yesterday and confirmed definitely got component damage. But um, he's going to be super psyched with his new machine. This is going to be the best computer he's ever had, and I get to be the one to build it. So that's pretty cool. Well, it's already built, actually. Um I've got another client whose computer, uh, also older, just just kicked the bucket, and uh, so I'm moving her over to a new machine. She is not getting one built. Uh, this is just like a, a refurb that I have here in the shop, but um, she's still going to get a really good computer out of the deal. So uh, solid state. Everybody's got 16 gigs of RAM now, plenty of memory. I mean, they're, they're more than they could use, for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I'm uh, I'm real excited to see their faces once they use these things because it's going to be like night and day compared to that old computer. Well, it's awesome, uh, you know, for you uh, that you get to be the guy that uh, brings this uh, this uh, new technology into somebody's life and kind of like unlocks the key to the future for them. That's always cool to see those folks' reaction or hear from them anyway, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And these are both um, uh, senior citizens, so it's possible these may be the last machines they ever use. So I wanted to be really good, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well... Uh, pleased as can be that you're here, Jeremy, because, um, you know, for a minute, and Wilts has some family stuff today. And uh, so for a minute there, it was just me. And I was like, well, I hope you don't have any problems. Uh, I could take a crack at it. <laughs> My uh, default answer for everything is going to be unplug it, count to 10, plug it back in. I always get, I always plug it back in at like three. That's how impatient I am. And uh, if not, maybe uh, a swift kick to it, just depending on how much you paid for it, though. You know, percussive maintenance, which is what we call that, um, that, never is, heard that, that is a real thing. That is that is a totally real thing. Um, we use it all the time, and sometimes it fixes stuff, and sometimes it just allows us to vent our frustrations a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, like you said, it can serve both those purposes well. All right, 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. Let's go to the phones for the first time this morning and talk to Dave, who's in Bethel Springs, Tennessee. Dave, good morning. How's it going? Okay, I've got a Hewlett-Packard laptop. The computer works fine. It's just the physical case is broken that where it pivots at the hinge points, the case is broken. Uh, like the hinge was too tight, and I'm a retired maintenance man, so I'll take anything apart, and I've got it loosened up but it actually broke the plastic where the hinges pivot mm. um it's really funny that you call in and you mentioned this because just last week i put up a video on my business facebook page talking about the true meaning of the letters hp and it no longer stands for hewlett packard it Uh-oh. stands for hinge problem <laughs> hinge problem because i see this so often i've got three in my sh- well i had three in my shop last week uh one of which the the uh the client has decided I am not going to pay to get that fixed. That is outrageous. I will find a different brand. But this is something that happens to HPs a lot. Um, they just use cheaper plastic, I guess, and the little uh, brass standoff that holds the screw into the hinge is just held in by that cheap plastic. And if you put too much pressure on it, it breaks. And over time, it just breaks. I don't even think you have to put too much pressure on it. I think if you look at it wrong, it'll just break. So um, it can be fixed, but you are going to have to replace either the top cover or the bottom cover, depending on which side that the hinges have broken on. So they connect to the bottom of your computer, and then they typically connect to the, um, the very top of the laptop, like behind your screen or under your screen. And you can replace those parts. But depending on what kind of HP laptop you've got, um, if you have to replace the top part, you may have to replace the entire display assembly because sometimes those parts do not come, they don't come apart easily and they do not go back to go back together at all. Well, the part that appears to be, I'm looking at it, it's sitting in my lap right now and you'd laugh, I got two seat clamps on it to hold it together. But uh, it's the keyboard part that's broken the part that's uh-huh. that rings the keys is what's actually broken 
and I put a couple of screws in it, and I can get something. It's not going to look too pretty. I can get something to make it work. My question is, is it worth repairing if the computer is, say, three years old? And what are we talking? Are you talking like a couple hundred bucks or, you know, more or less? or Probably a couple hundred bucks. And uh, depending on how much you like the laptop and what the stats are on it, I would say you might want to weigh the cost-effectiveness to see if uh, if you might be better off just replacing it. Um, but that, that that entire bottom piece that the keyboard goes into is, is going to have to be replaced, like the entire bottom plastic part of the case. Right. Uh, usually your motherboard goes in it and everything, and the labor can be, you know, a couple of hours if you have to remove the board and transfer it over to another shell. Now, sometimes you can get lucky, and the board is on the bottom of the keyboard, and it, they don't they don't put it in the computer itself. It just, the bottom just snaps on over it. If that's the case, then the replacement wouldn't be too difficult. Um, every time I hear about hinge damage, I tell people I need to see it to really make a good determination on it. Um, so if you want to send some pictures to our Facebook page, I'd be happy to assess it and see what I think you'd be looking at as far as repair goes. Okay. Well, I'm not a Facebook person. I don't want to get hooked into that. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, you can also send the pictures uh, to our email, uh, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Yeah, I've got that. And we can check them out that way. Yeah, I've got that written down. Just uh, a follow-up. I called you guys a couple of months ago. I'm the guy that lives out in the country that can't get Internet service. And <laughs> Oh, you're going to have to be way more descriptive than that. I got a text from Uncle Elon here that he's having trouble getting computer chips to build his satellite system for Starlink, so... What originally was supposed to be at the end of 2021 <laughs> has now been moved back to the middle of 2022, and and don't hold your breath. So yeah, but I yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a it's been a tough road for any kind of components. A lot of companies have had to redesign things to try to uh, find to to try to make what's available work with their setups. So. Some companies are not able to do that or not willing to redesign, or they, you know, they just can't. And um, they, uh, they have to wait for the chips to become available. Dave, we appreciate the call this morning from Bethel Springs, Tennessee, starting us off there. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. Uh, HP, hinge problems. They just set, their, set themselves right up for that, huh? Yes, sir. All right. When we come back, uh, we've had a caller ask us about our thoughts on uh, the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I hear Activision, and I still think of Atari games from the 1980s, uh, early 1980s. Uh, but that's not what they're really buying. Uh, but it's a $68 billion deal that we can go into more detail on the other side of this uh, break coming up. Also, we want to hear from you. Hey, tech questions problems that you have we can address those now that jeremy is uh, uh affirmed to be with us today before that well you were uh, it was a coin flip at best but anyway 877-MPB-RING is the number 877-672-7464 everyday tech at mpbonline.org and that facebook page is facebook.com slash everyday tech mpb we'll be back This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
Thank you for listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I'm Jay White. Wiltz is out this week. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, we had a caller in the first segment asked uh, if we could pass along our thoughts about Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 million. Uh, now, if you're wondering uh, what what could drive a price that high by a game developer, it's uh, a bunch of great series or titles. Uh, well, I guess great depending on if you're a gamer who likes that kind of stuff or not. But they have some uh, extremely, extremely popular series um, that they produce, Activision. Uh, Call of Duty, I think uh, almost everybody's heard of that. Uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, Candy Crush, if you are one of those people that's been hooked into Facebook, you've uh, gotten some Candy Crush, whether you wanted it or not. Uh, Overwatch, I think is the big one currently. Diablo and StarCraft are amongst the the, uh, the big titles uh, that have uh, carried Activision into the uh, this latest decade. And uh, yeah, $68.7 billion. And... Uh, they plan to add uh, many of Activision's games to Xbox Game Pass, uh, which uh, just announced recently, I guess in the last week, that they had now passed 25 million subscribers, which is pretty remarkable, Jeremy, that, that uh, you know, we were oh, yeah. very, very excited about uh, Google Stadia. Remember that? Uh, oh, yeah. And, boy, for all of the pomp and circumstance around that and the seemingly good idea – um, I, I don't know about the execution of it, but a yeah, great idea anyway. But Xbox Game Pass, 25 million subscribers. A lot of that is the connection into Microsoft. Uh, and, I mean, for example, uh, Game Pass was preloaded into my PC. So if that was something I was going to dig into, it was already, you know, the infrastructure of it was already set up for me to do so. And I'm not saying that's the reason they're successful, but it certainly doesn't hurt. But... Uh, yeah, Jeremy. Uh, I think one of the thing a lot of one of the things a lot of people are leery about with Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard is that now this is twenty three game studios that Microsoft has gobbled up, and I know they'll say the right things. But will they do the right things? Will they try to take all of these independent, previously independent studios? and try to conform them to the Microsoft business model. You know, part of what makes a gaming studio great, um, you know, the up-and-coming independent game studios, is that they march to the beat of their own drum. Uh, Creativity is king, uh, as opposed to the bottom line. And when you become part of a gigantic corporation, that changes. Uh, And it's almost 100% of the time that changes. Look at the way uh, when Electronic Arts in the 1990s bought up tons of uh, independent gaming studios and then tried to convert them to the EA way of making stuff, and it ruined a bunch of those uh, series, and uh, they closed a lot of those places. They you know, wound up kind of enveloping them into EA studios and things like that. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's not necessarily great for the creative side 
unless Microsoft just lets these people exist under their umbrella and doesn't get in their way. And I don't trust them to do that. It's just not, that just doesn't happen in today's corporate landscape. Anyway. Well, uh, you know, Activision and Blizzard were already in a heap of trouble. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of lawsuits. There was a lot of like sexual harassment stuff that was going on. So they needed deep pockets to bail them out. Plus, if they are no longer under control by the same people, then it will look really good to the public that the people that were uh, exacerbating those problems have been sacked. So I can see why Activision was quite eager to uh, to be acquired. Um, as far as Microsoft and the future of, like, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and uh, the Tony Hawk series, Guitar Hero, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of IP that now, they now own. Um, is it a good thing? Uh, time will tell. I'm, I'm not the type of person that really monitors the business of gaming so much to know, oh, well, they did this and that. I know that there was a lot of um, head bumping between Microsoft and Bungie. Um, so I, I think that Microsoft can be pretty overbearing sometimes and difficult to work with. But, I mean, they're the boss now. So um, I'm curious to see where this goes as far as, like, uh, exclusive content that will only be on Xbox. I doubt that they're going to make anything, you know. I mean, they might. There's... There's always your console exclusives, which, you know, make your console sell really well because people want that one game. So I'm sure they'll find something in there to milk out of that. But this makes Game Pass infinitely more valuable than it was. Certainly, yeah. Uh, when they start when they start sideloading this title. So that is cool, and that's a really that's really good news for their bottom line, I think. But sixty seven billion dollars. <laughs> right. Wow. And you, it's it's wow. it's kind of a perfect it's a perfect storm, uh, a convergence of a lot of things that made this kind of Microsoft really one of only a very few number of people who could come in and partner uh, or almost bail out Activision. And as you mentioned, I should say there's a flip side to that coin. Uh, you mentioned that they've been going through a lot of stuff, uh, Activision. Uh, last July, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing sued Activision Blizzard for promoting a culture of, quote, uh, constant sexual harassment. Um, more employees have come forward since then with more allegations of sexual misconduct, and the company reached an $18 million settlement with the uh, U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in September. Uh, in nearly 40 Activision employees have reportedly exited the company since last July. So that's uh, that is interesting. The, the deal is expected to close in fiscal year 2023, which means the deal might not be approved for up to 18 months. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, as far as what Microsoft says uh, in response to what my concern was a minute ago, uh, they say, as a company, Microsoft is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming. And among both employees and players, we deeply value individual studio cultures. We also believe that creative success and autonomy go hand in hand with treating every person with dignity and respect. 
We hold all teams and all leaders to this commitment. We're looking forward to extending our culture of proactive inclusion to the great teams across Activision Blizzard. So that seems to be a pretty direct um, addressing of uh, what my concern was anyway for uh, kind of the stuffiness of the acquisition of um, you know, indie game studios. I don't want to say Activision. I mean, they. I don't want to call them an indie game studio, but they certainly aren't a, a tech conglomerate. Uh, but uh, it's kind of disrespectful to call them an indie game studio with all yeah. the titles we mentioned. But anyway, indie typically means small and yeah. low budget, so can't really call them indie. But no. yeah, they're one of the big one of the big developers that we've come to know over. Many, many decades now. Right. As like I was saying, when, when you say Activision, I think uh, like Atari titles uh, from the 1980s. Uh, I remember Activision being one of the big uh, uh, title suppliers for the Atari 2600. Uh, while we're here and talking about gaming for just a moment before we take our break uh, here coming up, I'll tell you that a report says Sony is uh, going to use the PS4 Jeremy, to fill the PS5 supply gap. Doesn't sound like how that's supposed to work anyway. With the PS5 still hard to find at retail, amid worldwide semiconductor shortages, Sony's canceled plans to discontinue the PS4, extending the system's life through 2022. Uh, People familiar with the matter say that Sony told Assembly Partners that it had planned to discontinue the PS4 at the end of last year. Instead, the company now plans this year to produce a million more PlayStation 4s, um, which uses less advanced chips that are easier to source. And uh, Sony could adjust that number based on demand. For context, the PS4 sold 1.7 million units in the first nine months of 2021, according to financial reports, compared to 8.9 million PlayStation 5 units in that same time. Sony, for its part, uh, denied that it previously considered stopping PS4 production. Uh, It is one of the best-selling consoles ever, and there is always crossover between generations, the company told Bloomberg. Uh, Indeed, the PS3 continued to be produced in Japan until 2017, over three years after the introduction of the PS4, and the PS2 was still in production at the end of 2012, uh, missing an overlap with the PS4 production by just a year. Uh, In general, popular consoles can continue to sell for years after their successors launch. That said, there are signs that Sony was pushing for a quicker transition into the PS5 generation. Uh, the new system enjoys nearly full backward compa- compatibility with PS4 software, something that was not true during Sony's last console transitions. And they also highlighted Sony did that uh, compatibility with the PlayStation Plus collection, offering many generation-defining PS4 games to PS5 owners as a part of a monthly subscription plan. So, interesting. More PS4s on the way. I don't know... Uh, it is interesting that the PS4 sold 1.7 million units in 2021. That's wild. You couldn't get a you couldn't get a five. People yeah. still wanted the game, so they had to they had to settle. And you know, I I don't game much on my PlayStation. My Xbox has collected dust since like a, a month after I bought it. Um, but my PC. I still, I still find some, you know, every once in a while I'll find a little pocket of time to, to game. And 
I don't know. There's just something about the PC experience that the consoles just can't match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is interesting, though, that the, uh, that completely surprised me when I read that the PlayStation 4 sold, uh, what, almost 2 million copies last year, I guess in lieu of people not being able to find the PlayStation 5. I don't. I mean, I've had a PlayStation 4 for a long time, uh, a couple of different times, but um, I don't know. If I was looking for the technology of a PlayStation 5, I just I don't know if it's... Uh, if the PlayStation 4 is filling the gap of the PS5, I don't know. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't think people are wanting to buy PS5 and then going, you know what, I'll just get the 4 or whatever. Uh, you know, it's there are technology differences. For example, like I would, I, I considered buying a PlayStation 5 simply to play the show uh, 22 or 21, I guess which is a Major League Baseball title that they have uh, exclusively. And the PS5 version has a stadium creator, which was the specific thing that I was all hyped for. And the PS4 version does not have the stadium creator. So I'm not buying that game from a PlayStation 4 because outside of that stadium creator, it's essentially a roster upgrade from last season. But also, I can't buy the game or the system because you can't find it anywhere. So, uh, there you go. No PS5 or Stadium Creator for me. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Still plenty to get into, including uh, a uh, price hike for Netflix. Uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit about that a little bit later on, as well as your calls and emails to Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. MVB Think Radio Podcast. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy IMJ. Wilts is out this week. 877 MPB Ring is the number 877 Hey, Netflix is citing more entertainment choices than ever for a price hike. Uh, it was last fr- right last Friday. Netflix confirmed plans to raise prices for its video streaming services in North America for the seventh time in eleven years. Unlike many previous Netflix price hikes, this year's bump hits all three subscription options in the United States. The basic tier, which is capped at 720p and includes other limits, receives its first increase in three years, jumping a dollar to $9.99 a month. The 1080p standard tier goes up a dollar fifty to fifteen forty-nine a month. 
just say 1550 what are we doing and the 4k premium tier jumps two dollars to 19.99 a month uh, Canadian consumers can expect similar jumps in prices for all three tiers as well. Netflix says the price increases will roll out in phases to existing customers based on their billing cycles. And all customers will get no fewer than 30 days notice before the higher prices go into effect. Brand new customers must begin paying the higher prices immediately. In a statement given to various outlets, a Netflix representative offered a curious explanation for the price hike saying, we understand people have more entertainment choices than ever, and we're committed to delivering an even better experience for our members. We're updating our prices so that we can continue to offer a wide variety of quality entertainment options. As always, we offer a range of plans so members can pick a price that works for their budget. Uh, so, yeah, Jeremy, what they said was, is uh, you got more choices than ever, so we're going to charge you more. That doesn't make sense at all. I understand they're saying that they want to explore more uh, content. Uh, they want to you know, produce more shows, buy more shows. Uh, in related news, the YouTube, which had, had uh, put out a whole series or had begun a whole series of YouTube originals over the last year or 18 months, uh, that did not track at all, and they recently announced in the last week that they're basically shutting almost all of those down, the production of all of those YouTube original series. Um, yep, people don't go to YouTube to watch television. <laughs> they go to watch people's content. It's different. Uh, there's television providers somewhere else. That's not YouTube's job, uh, at least in people's mind. I understand why they were going for but it just didn't work. But, uh, yeah, Netflix, hey, you got choices, so uh, we're going to make ours more expensive. Jeremy, that doesn't that is, that's one plus one is not three. No, um, <laughs> I uh, I'm not happy about it. I've been booing it the whole time. Boo! And um, <laughs> this is this is one of those things that motivates piracy, and we've seen it time and time again. As you jack up the prices for the streaming services and you fragment them into eight bajillion different companies. People are not going to pay for all that. They're going to go get a VPN. They're going to go find it on the Internet. <laughs> they're going to get it for free. Now, most people probably just going to go, you know what, it's a dollar. It's no big deal. But how many times have they built another dollar out of you and said, oh, it's for the content. It's for the content. Well, I can tell you right now that Netflix's current share price is $512.54. Some of it's going to the shareholders, people. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So, you know, they always want to wrap it in a, we're doing the best we can for you kind of a package, but we all know the truth. Money. Yeah. <laughs> doing it for money. Um, there are a lot of good shows on Netflix, but I have noticed as they stretch them into more and more seasons, quality dwindles. You know, I really liked uh, the show You in the first season. That was a really cool show. And I just finished the third season with Lisa, and I got to say, honestly, they need to, like, end it because it's just – it's gotten so sloppy, you know? And it's like – it's there, there's always that first show or first series that is, like, watertight, and it's so well-written. And after that, they're like, all right – 
let's squeeze some more content out of this. Let's get the writers in the room and let's not let them leave until they come out with an idea that we love. And time and time again, I've seen a good show just turn into a really sad display of perpetuation. So I hope that is Reed Hastings still the CEO? I hope he's, if he, if he is still the CEO of Netflix, I can't remember. Um, no, wait, no, it's Ted Sarando. All right, well, Ted, if you're listening, <laughs> we want quality content. We'll keep paying, but you got to give us good shows and not the same old stuff over and over again. I know we've all got probably a favorite show that we like on Netflix. So can you agree that the quality of the show rapidly goes downhill after the first season? It's like they, they sat in the boardroom and they tossed the idea and they're like, that's great. That's great. That first season sounds amazing. Go ahead and just start, you know, churning on a second one. We'll take whatever you got. That's a great point. Yeah, it seems like, well, I mean, a lot of times that first season is somebody's baby, right? And right. they, they take their sweet time cultivating it and everything. And if it takes off and it's a super big success, usually that second season is ordered and then fast-tracked. And, you know, like with anything, it, it has deadlines on it. It's like with a lot of these uh, the video game titles that are uh, remastered or re, you know, uh-huh. remade and stuff like that. Uh, like, you know, for example, and I use this one too much, but the Mafia games, those are some of my favorite games. And they, uh, you know, were re-released as kind of like greatest hits, updated, stuff like that. And those games are so glitchy and so awful. Uh, and, I mean, just made fun of, just right. just laughed at within the gaming community because they were, I mean, they were unfinished products. And why would a developer, why would game developers push out an unfinished product? Yeah, well, because they're on deadlines to do so. So uh, yeah. anyway, uh, going back really, uh, really quickly to this uh, rate hike stuff. Then we got a call here in just a moment. Since 2021, we've had Sling TV raise prices January 27th by $5 a month. Uh, March 5th of last year, AT&T TV Now raised prices by $10 a month. Uh, March uh, 29th. Uh, you had some competition going away, and T, uh, TV Vision Live and TV Vision Vibe, those shut down. Philo raised prices by $5 a month in May. In July, Sling raised prices by $5 a month. In June, YouTube TV introduced a $20 a month rate hike for 4K, if you wanted to do that. And in November, Hulu uh, Plus Live TV added Disney Plus and ESPN Plus to their plan, but raised prices by $5 a month. I don't mind that so much. That's a decent trade-off. I could understand why putting all those in one package would make the price be a little bit higher. But, uh, yeah, if, if you go back even further uh, into, you know, 2019, uh, where, uh, again, Sling raised prices by $5 a month, um, uh, the PlayStation View raised their prices by $5 a month before they ultimately ditched PlayStation did the, the TV platform in 2020. Um, YouTube TV raised prices by $10 a month in 2019. Fubo, $10 a month. Uh, and YouTube TV had a $15 price hike 
from $50 to $65 back in 2018, if you'll recall that. I know I do because I'm a subscriber still for some reason. I won't let go. I guess I'm either busy or lazy or maybe a combination of both. That doesn't make sense. Let's go to the phones. 877-MPB-RING. Right. 877-MPB-RING is the number Jerry has called us on the road. Jerry, thanks for hanging on. What's going on? Hey, I was listening. I heard what you said that there was a shortest on it. He had five. I got uh, three, my three questions I want to ask you about them. Uh, if would have the going rate when the price is rushing around a thousand or so is that going to go up because supplies not meeting demand? Is it the whole city when they come back? I don't think uh, not from Sony. Sony has kind of set a price, um, and I, I don't. I think it would be looked at as extremely disingenuous if Sony hiked the price, the 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 retail price that they originally set because of the lack of uh, supply uh, that would be that's kind of out of their control but it's at the same time it's their product so uh, I, I think where you get outrageous prices to find a PlayStation 5 is secondary market you know some people God bless them I don't know how but they have the ability to find these things uh, and then when they turn them around to you uh, they profit off that which you know uh, I guess how enterprising of those people. But uh, uh, Kevin and I, Kevin uh, Farrell, who's call screen, we were talking during this break. You know, I, I, a younger me would would stake out a Best Buy if I knew, you know, the date when those things get shipped in and put on shelves. But uh, to get a PlayStation 5, you almost have to put your life on hold and just camp out at one of these places when it's going to get there and hope that you're, you know, f- close enough in line to get one before they're sold out. So, yeah. Uh, two more questions. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I did a little research because I was looking for my grandson. There are several versions out. It's like there's one that takes the disc freaking online. What would be the, the best to invest in? Repeat that question a little bit. You broke up a little bit. There are several versions of PS5. I noticed out there there's some, I think, the one that takes the actual disc and those that you can play online. I wonder which we prefer to invest in if I had to do that. But that's just your call. I mean, some people like to have a physical copy of the game. That way, if they want to, you know, sell it or loan it to somebody, they can. Uh, and some people, like myself, don't really care about having the physical game anymore because we can just download it to the console. So, um, because there is a difference in price, if you don't find yourself, uh, as one of those people who likes to have the game, a physical copy of it, then you might want to consider the one without the disc drive. Okay. All right. And a lot of it, too, is uh, just is, is hard disk. Otherwise, there's no difference between those two consoles except for the disc drive. Yeah. Would you buying a bundle, would that make sense out for a bundle pricing with a game, with a console? Is that a good investment? Typically, that's the best way to actually get a hold of one outside of what scalpers can get because they don't typically buy the bundles because there's a bunch of extra stuff that they don't want. That is one of the ways that I got a Nintendo Switch back in 2020. Um, I bought a bundle on GameStop's website because they knew that that was going to help curb the, uh, 
the people who want to uh, buy it and flip it on eBay or whatever, the scalpers, the word wouldn't come to me. Um, okay. But, yeah, uh, there is a website, um, and I'm not good with names today. Uh, let's see. I can't remember the name of the website. Jay, you remember the name of that website I told you about? Product Informer? Stock maybe? Informer? Stock Informer, that's it. Yeah. So there's a website, uh, stockinformer.com, and you can sign up for alerts on PS5, Xbox, uh, GPUs, Nintendo Switches, all kinds of different stuff on there. And they will send you a notification when the device isn't stuck. But I, I'll go ahead and warn you, if you if you start to uh, watch for that notification, it does not take long for those items to disappear. So you, like Jay said, you kind of got to, you got to camp out and you got to just dedicate your life to finding one because you got to be right there when the alarm goes off if you want to get it, especially if it's not a bundle. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, we, we appreciate the call, Jerry. Yeah, there's also a uh, website called nowinstock.net that uh, does this kind of stuff too, uh, same thing. So that's uh, stockinformer.com and also nowinstock.net. Uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, 877, so a little bit of time to get another call in, 877 MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Um, how about this, Jeremy? Uh, Verizon and AT and T have said they will postpone the launch of their advanced five G services near certain airports in response to airlines' threats to cancel flights. Um, uh, the imminent rollout of high speed five G telecom services threatens to ground flights across the U.S. America's largest airlines warned on Monday as they urged government agencies to intervene to avoid, quote-unquote, chaos for passengers and um, disruptions to supply chains. Quote, the harm that will result from deployment on January 19th is substantially worse than we originally anticipated, uh, warned Airlines for America, an industry lobby group pointing to the potential for 5G services to interfere with the sensitive equipment that aircraft use to take off and land. The letter seen by the Financial Times, first reported by Reuters, was signed by the largest U.S. carriers, as well as the air freight arms of two of the biggest logistics groups, UPS and FedEx. Oh, okay. The uh, companies called on Joe Biden's administration to block the rollout of 5G uh, to towers located within two miles of airport runways that the FAA has identified as being prone to disruption. So how about that? United Airlines said Washington's 5G rollout plan would have a, quote, devastating impact, affecting an estimated 1.25 million of its passengers and 15,000 flights a year while disrupting an already fragile supply chain. So it says that it affects the uh, the radio radio altimeter and uh, it significantly hampers low visibility operations. So that does sound pretty darn dangerous. It does. Um, it's crazy that, like, you don't find out about these ramifications of this new technology until after they're already, like, almost, re- like, they're getting close to, you know, finishing, rolling out in bigger areas. Uh, that's super concerning. Yeah, like, um, how, would, how, would, how would these, how, how would the telecommunications companies and airlines and, you know, the, the 
FAA, how would they not have already been on the same page about all this? Or is one just not caring and going forward and just pushing through and being like, oh, you'll figure it out, you know? You know, it's a really good question because we trust these these companies to, to test this technology and to make sure that it's compatible with our current infrastructure. But sometimes, you know, the bottom line motivates more than uh, the right thing to do. And, um, you know, you've got these greedy companies that are like, OK, well, we'll we'll figure something out. Just continue the rollout. And once we get to that point, we'll have something figured out. Yeah. Uh, except it seems that their highest priority was continuing the rollout and not finding a solution that will work with our current technology. You know, this is one reason that the technology is dangerous because, you know, they continue to push all these new things on us without knowing, like, what are the ramifications in our real world? You know, we're going to find out in another 20 years that wireless Internet in our houses was giving us all tumors. I yeah. mean, you know, we just don't know because they really don't look into this stuff. And if there is research out there, it's typically funded by the companies that create the technology or it's buried by the companies that create the technology. I remember reading about cell phones and all the research that was buried on those. I mean, like you talk about some, some nefarious stuff. It's like eventually people are going to figure it out. Well, for a guy who called last week and had moved from Nashville to Memphis uh, looking for some 5G service, I hope you don't live out close to the airport. <laughs> I guess that's all I could say about that for now. If you do, <laughs> may have to get that DSL connection or something like that. Well, maybe not. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for your calls today. Stay tuned. Coming up next right here on Think Radio is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 with more Everyday Tech right here on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.